How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Time now for the Brian Barrett Show on EEI. Well, despite the recent struggles in the last month, does it give your group added confidence knowing that they did go to this spot and, and win a game there not too long ago? Yeah, I don't think we lack confidence. All right, that was Bill Belichick in his press conference as the Patriots are getting ready for round three with the Buffalo Bills. He says the team doesn't lack confidence right now. I guess that's a good thing, although I don't know if I truly believe what the coach is saying right now. But let's go with a hypothetical that nobody wants to happen, and that's that the Patriots lose to the Bills on Sunday. How will you feel about this season? 617-779-7937 is the number. So if you ask me prior to the year, hey, the Patriots finished the year 10-7 and with their rookie quarterback. They lose in the first round to the Buffalo Bills. I'd say, yeah, that seems like it's a pretty successful season. After what we saw last year with Cam Newton at quarterback, it felt like the Patriots were in a position where they needed to find the next guy after Tom Brady. And if they go to the playoffs with a rookie, that means, yeah, they probably found the guy. But here's the thing. We have to put this into context on how this happened, right? How this occurred. Because the Patriots, prior to their bye week, they go to the bye week at 9-3. and three. You're feeling good about where they're at. We're talking about Super Bowl. We're talking about, hey, Football Outsiders is putting it out there that the most common matchup in terms of a possible Super Bowl is the Buccaneers against the Patriots. That's where we were at. We were asking, hey, who's the Patriots' biggest competition to get to the Super Bowl? And look, maybe we got out of control at certain times during this. Maybe we hyped up this team too much. But those were, if you remember back about a month ago, legitimate conversations that we were having about this Patriots team. So when you put the whole thing into context, it would be a massive disappointment if the Patriots lose on Saturday night to the Bills. I keep saying Sunday, sorry. Saturday night to the Bills. If the Patriots lose, because here's the thing, the way that this went down, right? And the first thing I'll bring up is the quarterback. Because it felt like for the majority of the season, hey, the Patriots have their guy. Mac Jones is the guy. But really, ever since that game against the Bills, where he only threw the ball three times, it's been a different thing. And I did a radio interview a couple of weeks ago on the affiliate here, CBS Sports Radio, and one of my buddies asked me, he was throwing out the theory of, hey, do you think that it hurt Max confidence where he only threw the ball three times against the Buffalo Bills? And I thought, eh, not really, but maybe it did. Because look at Mac Jones, really, since they came back from the bye week. They lose that game to the Indianapolis Colts. Mac, now give him credit for coming back and 
the second half of that game. But for the most part, Mac Jones was not particularly good in that game, right, in terms of until the fourth quarter when they actually opened it up for him. But they fell behind, and one of the main reasons they fell behind was the quarterback was not great. And Mac Jones, after that game, revealed, hey, we kind of felt sorry for ourselves, alluding to the fact they had a short bye week, which I still can't get over the fact that there were players on the Patriots that were upset that they had a short bye week. I mean, get over it. You're 9-3. and three. You have an opportunity to get the number one seed. That's more important right now than worrying about your vacation time. Anyway, getting back to the original point as it pertains to Mac, ever since Mac came back from the bye week, he has not been nearly the same player. So if you look at Mac, the first 13 games of the season, 27 of 384, so he completed 70% of his passes, 16 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. A quarterback rating of 98.1. He was really good in the first 13 weeks of the season, right? And not to say that he was tearing up the league and he was doing what Aaron Rodgers or what Tom Brady or what Josh Allen was doing. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying he was doing what the Patriots asked him to do. He could be part of the puzzle that was the Patriots, but ever since he came back from the bye week and more has been put on Mac's shoulders, he has not responded. If you look at Mac Jones the last four games, 82 of 137, so that's 59%, six touchdowns, five interceptions, 81.2 passer rating. So he went from a 98.1 passer rating to an 81.2 passer rating. So you're talking about a 17-point dip-off. When you look at the completion percentage over the last four games compared to the first 13 games he dipped off by 11 percent interception rate through the roof compared to where it was before so when you think about it going into the offseason if the Patriots go up to Buffalo on Saturday night and they play poorly once again like we've seen them play poorly against Miami we saw them play poorly against Buffalo we saw them play poorly against the Miami Dolphins this past weekend and who is the team the Colts the Buffalo Bills and the Dolphins sorry if I missed one of those teams at the first go around but he's played poorly in those games the Patriots as a team has played poorly so if you go into the offseason and Matt goes up there and he lays an egg against the Buffalo Bills how are you going to feel about the quarterback going forward because for the majority of the season I felt like through the first 13 games oh the Patriots have their guy I mean this is awesome they're going to have the cheat code in the NFL which is the rookie contract but now aren't you starting to get concerned about the player? Because Mac Jones has not been particularly good over the last four weeks. Not to say he's not the only player that struggled, but he's really struggled over the past four weeks. Now, I would argue that you got to get Mac more weapons. Look at what he had at the collegiate level when he had a Jalen Waddle, when he had a Devontae Smith, right? When he had those guys to throw the football to, when he had Najee Harris in the backfield, right? He had a lot, not to say that he doesn't have the running backs here, but he had weapons, and right now he doesn't have weapons. And I'll get into Josh McDaniels in a little bit because I know that everybody loves Josh McDaniels, it seems like, around here. I believe that he's holding Mac Jones back. I'll get into that in a little bit. But just getting back to Mac, I think if they lose on Saturday night, you're going to have questions about the quarterback entering the offseason. And it's not going to be a feel-good situation when you enter the offseason losing four of your last five. Everything you built up, all that positive momentum, now we enter the offseason asking questions about the Patriots in the future, not just with the quarterback. Not to say you give up after him on one year, but you're not going to feel as good. Like, let's say the hypothetical was that even, like, let's put it in this perspective. The Patriots go into the postseason, and they're the number one seed. Like, we thought they were going to be the number one seed, and they get upset in the first round. I would still feel more confident because Mac would have not struggled down the end of the season, right? So the fact that you got that one seed and the fact that Mac Jones looked good down the stretch, even if he laid an egg in the postseason, I would chalk it up to, you know what? First time in the postseason, it's going to happen to a rookie quarterback. Like, I could justify that if the Patriots got that number one seed. 
But if he lays an egg after having three bad games over the past four weeks and the only good game he had was against the Jacksonville Jaguars and he plays poorly against the Bills, then you're going to have to question going forward how good is Mac Jones when it felt like for the majority of the season that was not going to be a question with his Patriots team. The other thing I would point to is the defense. The last four weeks of the season, it has completely fallen apart. If you look at some of the numbers, it's atrocious. They're giving up 153.7 yards per game on the ground over the last four. They can't stop a nosebleed, and they can't close. They couldn't get off the field for Mac against Indy. We saw the Jonathan Taylor run. They couldn't get off the field last week against Tua. That continues to be an issue. They couldn't get off the field against Josh Allen. They didn't give Mac Jones the opportunity to win the football game. So now you have legitimate questions if the Patriots can't get it done on Saturday night about where exactly is this defense headed, right? Because Matthew Judon was great for the first 13 games, and this is another guy. The last four games, he hasn't shown up, and I understand that he's had COVID, but he has no sacks in the last four weeks. This guy was wrecking games for the first 13 games of the season. I'm talking about him as a defensive player of the year candidate. He's been a no-show. I hope that it's because he was dealing with COVID, right? Because maybe that means he responds in a major way coming up on Saturday night against the Bills. I did not like the fact that he goes on social media to complain about the officials. Now, he did get held on that play against Tua at the end of the game. But nonetheless, don't go on Twitter and complain about the officials. Get it done. It wasn't just one play you were not good in that game. You better no-show the past four weeks. So now entering the offseason, you would have the J.C. Jackson question, which I can't imagine that Belichick lets him get away, considering what do you have after J.C. Jackson? We've seen it, right? Miles Bryant was the other corner in that game against the Bills that continued to get burnt, right? So I just feel like Bill's going to have to get that done. He's going to have to pay him top of the market. And I feel like that's the type of guy that Bill wants to pay. Undrafted free agent that he discovered and turned into one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Not to mention you're not paying your rookie quarterback barely anything in terms of against the salary cap. So I, I can't imagine that he lets him get away because what's his alternative? It's not like he's got another guy in the stable. Like, even if you want to go back to the Gilmore move, he didn't get the proper value for Gilmore, but at least he knew I got a number one corner in J.C. Jackson. This time, you get rid of J.C. Jackson, what do you have? You don't have a number one corner whatsoever. So I just feel like they lose this game. We look back at the season and we say, yeah, this is very disappointing the way this thing ended. And you can try to sugarcoat it and you can try to put a silver lining on it and say, well, you know what? We didn't expect them to get here. We didn't expect the Patriots to be in the playoffs year one with a rookie quarterback. We didn't expect them to be 10-7. and seven. Well, the reality is this. They don't have a lot of quality wins on the resume. They went 3-3 three and three in a crappy division, right? They split with the Bills. Congratulations. They got swept by the Miami Dolphins, a team that didn't even make it into the postseason. They won two games against the Jets. If you look at it in terms of the playoff teams, they haven't been really successful when they go up against great competition. Yeah, you beat the Bills. Congratulations. Other than that, the playoff teams that they played, it's not as like they were beaten up on those teams. Even the marginal teams like the Colts who ended up choking at the end of the season, they lost to the Colts, right? So when you just look at it and you take the whole season in context, they beat the teams for the most part that they should have beat. They didn't have those quality wins. And the way that this thing ended, see, like if this was the other way around and Max struggled for a good chunk of the season and they came alive late, you would feel a lot better about where this team's headed. But the problem for the quarterback is this. At the beginning of the season, he was okay, and then he had that bad game against the Saints. And then during that seven-game winning streak, he started to play relatively well, and now he's going back down again. That's what you don't want to see. You want to see the quarterback improving as the season goes on. You want to see the team in general improving as the season goes on. And in fact, for the Patriots, this has now become a trend over the past couple of seasons. They're getting worse at the end of the season, 
and you're not seeing the progression you would like to see from the quarterback down the stretch. So I feel like entering the offseason, this is a pivotal game not only for Mac Jones, but for the organization in general. Because they lose this game Saturday night, are you going to feel like, hey, Patriots definitely a playoff team next year? I won't feel that way at all. I'll be worried, hey, how are they going to get Mac more weapons? What are they going to do defensively to address stopping the run? Because they couldn't do that down the stretch of the season. What are they doing with J.C. Jackson? I feel like you lose this game, you got a lot of questions going into the 2022 season. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So if the Patriots lose this game on Saturday night, how will you feel about the way this season went down for the Patriots? Would it be a disappointment in your mind? It is for me. The other thing I want to get to is this. Josh McDaniels right now, nobody's interested in him. I have a theory on why, and it has nothing to do with him leaving the Colts at the altar, and it has nothing to do with him failing in Denver. I'll get to that next year on WEI. Why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we're right back to what you want to hear more of brian barrett on eei so i know your, your focus is on the bills but uh i just needed to ask if um if you've heard from anyone about some uh, about any vacancies that are out there, and is is being a head coach again still one of your goals? I know nothing about that, um, and I like as same as I've said in the past. If that's in the cards for me, great. Uh, but I am totally focused and immersed in the preparation for the Buffalo Bills. 
I hope so. Maybe that's the silver lining in this. So I get Gerard Mayo's got his interview with the Denver Broncos. They were interested in him. But maybe it's a silver lining that Josh McDaniels, nobody wants Josh McDaniels, so he's got to be laser-focused, as Tom Brady would say. He's got to be focused in on the Bills, and Brian Dayball is getting a lot of attention out there. Maybe that works in the Patriots' favor. But I got a theory I'll get to in a second here on why I believe that Josh McDaniels isn't getting the interest from other teams. And it has nothing to do with the Colts situation, and it has nothing to do with what went down in Denver all those years ago. 617-779-7937 is the number. If the Patriots lose on Saturday, how will you feel about the way the season ended? Let's get to Rick in Plymouth. Rick, what's up, man? How's it going? I, uh, when the schedule came out, I go down the schedule one by one. I check off win-loss, win-loss. And I had him at ten and seven with a possibility of eleven and six. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of bounces here and there, a few uh, less mistakes, they could, they might even be twelve and five. But that being said, the Patriots are exactly where I was hoping they'd be. They're where I thought they'd be. They're in the playoffs. They didn't win the division, but that'll be in the future. I think this team is going places in future years, and right now I like Max development. I mean, everybody complains about but the Rick, fact that, yeah. Hold on a Billy, second, though, Rick. What? Hold on. Let me jump in here for a second. You reference you like Max development, but couldn't you argue that Mac the last four games of the season has been significantly worse than the first 13 games of the season? So I don't get the whole idea of you like Max development. I feel like he's gotten worse as we came back from the bye week. Let me explain. Okay. They had they started out doing exactly with Mac Jones the same thing they did with Tom Brady when he first started. They just asked him to go out there. I don't care if you don't win me the game, just don't lose it for me. That's all. And that's basically what they're asking Mac to do. The Buffalo game, dude. I hate to tell you something. I was at that game in Buffalo. The the wind was so bad. I'm surprised that even Josh Allen threw the ball off. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to this not... game too. By the way. No, I'm not holding the Buffalo game against him. I'm holding the last four games against him. He was good against Jacksonville. Well, the, the three... last four games, the Patriots as a whole have played badly. And as Mac's a team, been a big part of the Mac. reason. Mac's been a big part of the reason they haven't played well. Oh, yeah. How about the defense that can't stop a cold right now? I mean, I, told, I said God. the defense. I mean, Rick, I said the defense has sucked, but so has Mac. Mac Judon has been a disaster the last three games. I mean, yeah, he has not been good. But, Rick, I, I'm talking about the quarterback. He threw an interception at the beginning of the game against the Miami Dolphins. He threw two critical picks yes, against he did. the Indianapolis and can, come Colts. On. Let's go back into Tom Brady's first few years. Tom had some bad games, too. If we're expecting this to be Tom Brady, we're in for a long friggin' argument, okay? Riff, when Let's did I say that? When did I, when did I say that? I you expect... didn't say it, but I, I, I hear it in your voice. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying uh, I mean, at look, all, I'm reading, That's be- not I'm reading between the lines. I'm reading between <laughs> okay. the lines. Well, I'm telling you, you're reading in between the lines wrong. I, I Well, okay, fine. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. won't be the first time. won't Rick, be the last. My, Rick, my whole point is this. You reference the defense. I agree with you. The defense has sucked over the past couple of weeks, uh, three out of the last four games. The quarterback has not Mac been has good. Take, Hold on. The quarter- Mac has taken a couple steps backwards. Yes, okay. So the quarterback has not been good in three of the last four games. The special teams has been He's, a train wreck in three, in the la- three of the last four games. The coaching has not been great in three out of the last four games. They're not ready to begin these games. The defense is not ready to go. So all that being said, won't you feel disappointed if they go up to Buffalo Saturday night, they lose that game in a similar fashion to the way that they've been playing as of late? That would be a disappointment. You felt like, okay, this team, and I appreciate the call, Rick, you would feel like this team really turned a corner. It felt like, okay, they were on their way to reclaiming their throne atop the AFC East. And if they lose this game on Saturday night in a similar manner to the way that they lost the 
last three games that they've lost on the schedule, you're going to be disappointed about where this team's headed, and it's going to open things up for questions about this team going forward. Not only, hey, how good is the quarterback? Did we overrate the quarterback for the majority of the season? But how good is this roster in general? It felt like, oh, this is a great turnaround. But aren't we going to be questioning that if the Patriots lose to Buffalo? That'll be four out of five games they lost. And all the good teams they lose to. But I did want to get to this for a second. So, Josh McDaniels, it felt like a lot of people thought that he was going to get a gig this particular offseason. I didn't feel that way. I just felt like part of the reason is there's a lot of good young offensive-minded coaches, if you will, that are in coordinator roles. Some of them not unbelievably young, but just think about it from this perspective. Eric Bieniemy has been a name that's been out there for, what, the past three seasons? You have a guy like Brian Dayball with the Buffalo Bills, who's a hot coaching candidate, if you will. So you knew you had two guys that are considered to be offensive-minded, offensive gurus, if you will, that you would put higher up on the list than Josh McDaniels. So those two guys, in terms of the McDaniels thing, they were already ahead of them. And then you have coaches across the league that are different from McDaniels in terms of their resume, if you will, right? I mean, you look at Dallas, Dan Quinn is a guy that's going to get a second opportunity, it feels like. Now, I'm not telling you I would hire Dan Quinn, but he's getting interviews after the season that he's having with Dallas because he showed, hey, when I go to Dallas, I'm going to change my approach defensively. He's not running the same stuff that he was running in Atlanta. It's not that same old Seattle defense that Pete Carroll was running. He made some adjustments there, so he's going to get another opportunity, it feels like. Doug Peterson, a guy that won a Super Bowl as a head coach of the NFL, he's getting opportunities to interview for jobs. Now Jim Harbaugh is coming in, and it feels like he wants to get back in the NFL. Maybe Chicago ends up being his destination. So with all these really intriguing candidates out there, it puts Josh McDaniels way back, and the two guys that I would compare him to, the offensive-minded guys, the Dayballs and the Eric Bieniemy's. It feels like those guys are going to get an opportunity before Josh McDaniels gets his second opportunity. So I never really felt that he was this great candidate entering this offseason coaching carousel, if you will. And now that his quarterback and his offense has gotten worse as the season goes on, I feel like that has hurt Josh McDaniels. And in particular, it doesn't really feel like he's been incredibly innovative with where this offense is at right now. And I know that he's the king of the trick plays. Yeah, that's what he loves to do. He loves the trick plays. Congratulations. The Patriots have more trick plays than anybody else in the league, although they can't run a flea flicker. Not that that's a trick play, but they can't run a flea flicker. But I look at just some of the things that I look at in terms of how you mold your rookie quarterback and your young quarterback into the NFL. I think about designing a system around that player's skill set, right? Like, let's look, for example, in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, with Greg Roman there. And look, the Ravens did not have a great season this past year, and part of that has to do with the injuries to Lamar Jackson. But they built their offense around his unbelievable ability to run the football. You take a team like the Buffalo Bills with Brian Dayball, a lot of RPO stuff with Josh Allen because that's what he's really good at. Took him a couple of years to get to this level, but that's what he's really good at, so they run a lot of RPOs. Even I look at what the Dolphins did, and I know that they're firing everybody down there, but they built their offense around Tua's ability in the RPO game. They realize he's limited in terms of his arm strength, and their offensive line was 32nd in the NFL in terms of ESPN's pass block win rate. They were dead last in the NFL, so they have to get the ball out quick, so they get to design an offense where Tua gets the ball out quick, and they got to use the RPO game, so they built it around Tua. You go back to years ago with Colin Kaepernick. They built the offense around his strength, right? So you see it across the league. 
where teams are basically altering their systems to what their quarterback does well coming out of the collegiate level. And that's where I and look at a team like the Eagles, for example, with Nick Sirianni. Jalen Hurts, really good running the football. They run the ball more than anybody else in the NFL. They realize the strength of their team is their offensive line. We're going to run the ball a ton with our quarterback, and that's how we're going to win games. And the Eagles got to the playoffs that way. Now, they're going to get killed by the Buccaneers, but that's a massive achievement for where the Eagles are at right now. Think about it. They gave up Carson Wentz. They got a first-round pick. They now have three first-round draft picks, and they're in the postseason. That's an amazing turnaround for the Eagles, right? So they catered their system around him. You look at Mac Jones, I don't feel like the Patriots, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, have catered their system for Mac Jones. All these other teams across the NFL are saying, hey, what does our quarterback do well? Let's build the system around our quarterback. I just feel like what's happened with Mac Jones is it's been too much of, hey, Mac Jones has to find a way to fit into the Patriots system. And look, the Patriots system worked for a long period of time with Tom Brady. But what I don't understand with the Patriots is why don't they dig into what Mac Jones is good at? Why don't they look at what he did at the collegiate level and say, hey, let's build upon that. Let's use a lot of that in our offense. And what I mean by that is if you watch the game last night, and I watched the majority of the first half, and then I'm kind of half watching in the second half because I'm talking at the same time and I'm watching it here in the studio. But the offense that they were running last night at Alabama – that's what Mac ran last year. And I know that Bill O'Brien wasn't the offensive coordinator then. It was Steve Sarkeesian. But remember the whole story, Mac Jones was actually teaching Bill O'Brien the offense when Bill O'Brien was hired by Alabama when they already knew that Steve Sarkeesian was getting the job at Texas. And their offense at Alabama is very RPO-based. So if you go back to Mac Jones last year at Alabama, he had 76 passing attempts out of RPOs. He threw 19% of his passes last year in terms of the totality were out of RPOs. That's a large number, right? It's almost almost a fifth of his throws came out of RPOs. You know how many times Mac Jones threw the ball out of RPOs this year? 32. That's it, 32. He threw 76 last year at the collegiate level, 19%. This year, 32. Well, here's the thing, and this is the thing that aggravates me more so than anything else about Josh McDaniels and his offensive system that he won't cater to Mac Jones with. They catered more to Cam Newton than they're catering to Mac Jones. Because Mac Jones looks like Tom Brady, and we have this idea that, oh, maybe one day he can be like Tom Brady, you got to build the offense like you had it for Tom Brady, and that's the wrong way to do it. So, Mac Jones, I referenced the fact, 32 attempts out of RPOs. You know how many he completed? Out of RPOs, 32 passes. Guess how many he completed? Justin, you want to take a guess? 32 attempts. How many did he complete? I'm feeling lucky, 28. Holy crap, dude. You got it. Really? I was feeling <laughs> did lucky. Did you know this? I, I think I saw it somewhere, but okay. I was feeling lucky with it. Okay, all right. So you're right. So 28 out of 32. Do the math real quick in your head. 87 and a half. So he completed 87 and a half percent of his passes out of RPOs. His quarterback rating, passer rating, 108.9. So how come he only had 32 passes out of RPOs? Yeah, but Brian, that's not what they run. That's not their system. That's not the system that Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick run. They're not a heavy RPO team. Well, why not? Your quarterback was the best quarterback in college football last year throwing out of RPOs. In fact, you go back, and this is via Pro Football Focus. You know the game that they played against Notre Dame, the semifinal game? You know what Mac Jones was in that game? 10 of 11 throwing out of RPOs. For 176 yards, two touchdowns, and he pulled it about 50% of the time. So 50% of the time, they're running with Najee Harris, 
and the other 50% of the time, max 10 of 11 for 176 yards and two touchdowns. Somebody needs to tell me. Somebody needs to answer this question to me. Why aren't the Patriots using more RPOs in their offense? Somebody needs to explain this to me because from my perspective, from the outside looking in, I'm legitimately asking the question, why wouldn't they use this more often? I don't get it. I really don't understand why they wouldn't use it more. It's right there. Mac Jones is really good at it. When you ask him to do it this year, he's been really good at it. So why aren't you doing it? You have something that your quarterback is unbelievable at. Best RPO quarterback in the country last year. This year, when you gave him the opportunity, all he did was complete 87.5% of those passes with a quarterback rating approaching 109. Yeah, 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 we're not going to use that that much. Why? As if you have this unbelievable offensive system right now with all these great weapons and you're moving the ball up and down the field like crazy. No, you're not. Your offense isn't good. So why don't you dig into something that your quarterback's really good at? This is the low-hanging fruit in the NFL. It's a low-hanging fruit for the Patriots. It's right there. It's right in front of you. Use more RPOs, and for some inexplicable reason, Josh McDaniels won't do it. Oh, speaking of which, Brian Dayball, who Brian Dayball is in all likelihood going to get one of these jobs. He's got a million interviews for these jobs, and if I'm the Bears, I'd be really interested in him considering he's a guy that, oh, you know what he'll do? He will dig into the RPOs. And if you go to Brian Dayball, you look at it, and this is why I would have liked Josh McDaniels to get a gig because maybe that means that Bill O'Brien was going to come back here and he was running the system at Alabama and he could just come in and be an easy transition. And maybe Bill O'Brien could say, you know what, let's change the offense up a little bit. I mean, maybe that part would have been part of the equation. So Brian Dayball knows, hey, Josh Allen's really good throwing out of RPOs. Well, he had 88 attempts out of RPOs this year compared to Mac Jones with 32. You know, what Josh Allen completed in terms of his percentage, 76.1%. A 125.9 rating, eight touchdowns, one interception. Again, let me remind you, Mac Jones, out of RPOs this season, 108.9 rating, completed 87.5% of his passes. Josh Allen, 88 attempts. Mac Jones, 32. So Brian Dayball realizes, hey, what my quarterback's really good at is throwing the ball out of RPOs. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw the ball out of RPOs a whole lot with my quarterback. That's going to be a big part of our offensive system. We're going to dig into that. Makes sense, right? Let's play to our player strength. The Patriots say, no, no, we're good. We're not going to dig into the RPOs. That's not what we do. As an offense, we don't do that. We don't dig into the RPOs. We don't run RPOs. That That's not us. Okay, well, it should be you because your quarterback's really good. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. The other thing that irritates me about the Patriots right now and I get that they want to run the football, but they're sixth in rush percentage at 46.5%. And what they need to be doing is throwing the ball more on first down. If you look at Mac Jones on first down, when he actually has the chance to throw the ball, he's completing 68.5% of his passes, and he has a 100.2 rating. The Patriots are much more efficient when they throw the ball on first down compared to run the ball. They're ninth in dropback EPA and 14th in rush EPA. EPA is expected points added. So they're much better throwing the football on first down than they are running the football on first down. And part of the reason they're only 12th in expected points added on first down is because they run the ball way too much on first down. That's another thing that Josh McDaniels can control. 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So that's why I truly believe that Josh McDaniels isn't getting a gig and more teams aren't interested in Josh McDaniels. Yeah, the Indianapolis thing, obviously there's stink on that. There's stink on what he did in Denver. There also is probably stink on the fact that all these coaches that – Coach for Belichick ended up getting fired. Even Flores, who we thought was going to be the guy 
that ends the trend and he succeeds, he's gone after three years. Whether or not it was fair or unfair, the reality is he's gone. And he had issues with relationships there. Now, I would have kept Flores, but you get the point. All these guys are gone. That hurts him as well. But I think part of it, too, is his quarterback has gotten worse as the season went on. And you look at Josh McDaniel's offense, it's not exactly enticing compared to what these other teams are running. Let's get to Steve in Rhode Island. Steve, what's up? Hey, Steve, turn your radio down, man. Oh, my bad. What's up, man? What's up? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, man. You called me. What do you got? Uh, maybe the RPOs are – maybe Belichick and McDaniels are waiting to reveal that and use that later in the playoffs. Oh, so you think they could bust it out on Saturday against the Bills? That could happen. Okay. All right, Steve. I like it. I like the theory. I hope you're right. Yeah, just a thought. Yeah, okay. All right. Appreciate the call, Steve. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. Now, interesting thought by Steve. Now, I disagree. I don't think that's what they've been doing. I don't think they've been holding back the RPO game for Mac Jones for the majority of the season. And they're saying, hey, this guy did this really well at the collegiate level, but we're not going to run it until the postseason so teams don't have the ability to game plan for it. I just don't feel like they're doing it that way. I just feel like they're very stubborn in terms of what their system is, and they haven't basically put a lot of RPOs into their offense. I, so I don't think it's Steve's theory, but I'd love it if it's true. I mean, that would be awesome. First series of the game against the Bills. Mac Jones comes out, and he's throwing out of the RPOs like crazy. I would be all about I'd be pumped if they did that, right? And I do feel like at some point, and again, not comparing the two players, but at times when the Patriots were struggling in terms of their offense, once in a while they'd say, like, okay, let's start off the game with tempo. And you go back to, like, the great 2011 offense with Brady and Gronk and Hernandez, like, and I get it. They don't have those type of players. But one thing they did to get going was they would pick up the pace. They would pick up the tempo. I feel like the Patriots need to do more of that, right? They've become – so predictable this season, especially as I alluded to on first down. And Mac Jones, what we've seen so far this season, he is just way more comfortable. And the team in general, it's way more comfortable playing from ahead than when they're behind. You can say, oh, Brian, that's obvious. Like, that happens with every team. No, like, Brady's really good coming from behind. Aaron Rodgers is good. Well, actually, no, Aaron Rodgers isn't as good. But Pat Mahomes, really good from coming from behind. Think about all the comebacks he's had in terms of the postseason a couple of years ago. But with Mac Jones, I mean, it's glaring. You look at Mac Jones when he's trailing in games, 10 touchdowns, 10 picks, 81.1 rating, and he's completing just 63.4% of his passes in those situations. So when he's behind, he's not really good. He's not an efficient quarterback. He turns the ball over as often as he throws touchdown passes. You look at when he's leading, 176 attempts, he completes 72% of his passes, so that completion percentage goes up by 9%, 10 touchdowns, 3 picks, and a 107.7 rating. So he's a really good quarterback when he's had. In fact, th- those are unbelievable numbers. How about when he's tied? 53 attempts. He completes 75.5% of his passes, 2 touchdowns, no picks, 104.4 rating. He's really good when they're leading. He's really good when they're tied. And he sucks when they're behind. And the reality is he's not good enough right now. He's not on the level. And maybe one day he gets to that point. Maybe one day he gets to that point where he can carry the offense, but he can't do what Brady does when he falls behind, what Mahomes does when he falls behind. You can't just have this be an offense where you got to put it all on the quarterback. He doesn't have the personnel around him. 
He doesn't have the play action at his disposal. It's just really difficult for him to come from behind. That's why it's so imperative the Patriots get ahead in this game. Let's get to Steve in Centerville. Steve, what's up, man? Yeah, hey, Brian. Uh, awesome to hear you talking, Pats. Usually it's baseball for me. But uh, my point, I think it's just going to come down to what happens in the trenches. I mean, if they can't control the passing lanes and, um, you know, contain on on Josh or on the, that Bills QB, game over. But if they can get a pass rush and not let him run, they, they're going to win this game assuming on offensive, uh, offensively they can run the ball. And it doesn't matter who you put back there. I think you could be in the backfield. If you get Mason, you get the boys up front pushing off the line and getting, you know, one-yard, two-yard push, they're going to move the ball. So that's my point. Yeah, so you're saying for the Patriots from an offensive perspective, and I understand your point about the trenches, Steve. I would say my bigger concern in this game is – can the Patriots, in terms of the trenches, can they generate a pass rush? Because remember last time, Allen had forever and a day to throw the football. They didn't put any pressure on him whatsoever, and he really torched them. So I'm more concerned about the trenches on the other side. Uh, yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, I, I agree. And so it'll be interesting to see, do they, do they dial up the blitzes? Yeah, um, because they didn't last time, and, Steve. I mean, Josh, and I appreciate the call as always. Last time, they didn't do that at all. Josh Allen that week had more time to throw than anybody in the NFL besides Ann Book. And the reason that they Ann Book did is because the Dolphins are like, all right, we're not, we blitz like crazy. We don't need to blitz you because we're just going to show you coverage and you're going to throw us the ball like he did. Josh Allen had 3.34 seconds in that game to throw. And he burnt Bill. But I think Bill's going to go back to the same strategy. I'll tell you why as we go on this week. I believe Bill's going to use the same strategy he did last game. And you may think that's crazy, but I'll tell you why over the next couple of days or so. But, hey, if you want to weigh in on this, why aren't the Patriots digging into one of Mac's strengths, RPOs? And if the Patriots lose on Saturday, would you consider the season to be a disappointment? 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you right here on WEI. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're right back to it. This is Brian Barrett on EEI. All right, we're with you until midnight. Man, I don't like, I mentioned this to Mutt earlier, I don't like the late start for the Patriots. I would enjoy another game at that time, but I don't like waiting around until 8.15 for the Patriots, right? Like, I'd be cool if the Patriots were the first game, and then what's the second game is, or the first game's the Raiders and the Bengals, right, on Saturday afternoon. I'd much rather the Patriots be that first game. I mean, I want to crack one at like two in the afternoon. It's a Saturday, right? But now you got to pace yourself because the game's on at 8.15. I mean, I don't like that at all. I might rather the Patriots game be first and then you're not stressed during the second game. I don't want to be stressed all night. I feel like that's what's going to happen in this game. 617-779-7937 is the number. Let's get to John. He's in Maine tonight. John, what's up, man? Uh, good evening, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing well also. I was trying to stay warm. I think the reason I why <laughs> I think the reason why Belichick and McDaniels hasn't resorted to uh, the RPO is because it's more of a college and high school style offense. Um, they I think they're happy with the progression is made. They want to see him progress more. They want to see him learn more things in their system. And maybe maybe it is stubbornness. Maybe it's just not willingness to change the game, the plan you know, right now. Yeah, because, know. John, this is what uh, I'd say to that. Like, I understand your point saying it's more at the collegiate level, but it's now morphed into the NFL. So, I mean, if you look at it, Pat Mahomes is second in the NFL, 90 passes out of RPOs. Josh Allen is fourth in the NFL, 88 passing attempts out of RPOs. Buffalo is third in points per game. Kansas City's fourth. So, obviously, the RPO game is working at the NFL level. Mac Jones was great in the RPO game at the collegiate level. It just... It's baffling to me that a team that is so smart and a team that's been so innovative over the years wouldn't take what the player did great at the collegiate level and put that into their offense here, only have him attempt 32 passes out of RPOs. It just doesn't make sense to me. I would say if I had something that the guy did really good and he won a national championship doing it, why wouldn't I put more of that into my offense here? Could I ask you a question? Sure. Do you know how many times they ran the RPO? Because you, if he, if he, if they're running it and he's choosing to hand the ball off, that's him making him reading the defense, right? You're talking like, in, in terms of passing attempts compared to rushing attempts? Yeah. Like, how many times do they actually run the RPOs, you know? Yeah, they don't have many rushing attempts out of RPOs either. I mean, Mac oh, okay. himself has zero. I mean, he's not going to pull it, obviously. But in terms of the Patriots running backs, not a lot of running attempts out of it either. Uh, they yeah. run like okay. I, did, I didn't know. Like, no, yeah, know. they no, they I haven't would, done it a lot, and it just in terms of Mac. I mean, that's something that I, that's basically like that was twenty percent of their offense at Alabama. So I, I've never understood why they didn't run that more. John, appreciate the call, man. Thank his li- his yeah. line's open if you want to grab it at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Yeah, they haven't had a lot of rushing attempts out of RPOs either. It's a situation where they just haven't dug into it that much. I don't know if it's they feel like it doesn't fit their personnel. I would say that it fits your quarterback perfectly well. And they do some – like, I give McDaniels credit in the sense that they bring the six linemen in, and it feels like they are effective when they do that, except when on when you jumps offside. They are effective when they do that, right? And they realize, like, this is our strength. We're a 
power running team, but I do feel like at some point you need to dig into what your quarterback's good at. Let's get to Kevin. He's in Lowell. Kevin, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I mean, I listen all the time, but the, I mean, you've talked, I believe, about RPOs before. It's not just a collegiate thing, first of all, anymore, right. not in the NFL. As, as much as you run the ball and you're a running team that you, or you should, at least you think you are, why would you not do that more? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I just it, feel like, Kevin, you know, it's, a, it's a different element and it's a different look that you could give teams. Even if you don't want to be a heavy RPO team like at Alabama when Mac was doing this 20% of the time, even if you don't want to be a heavy RPO team, I feel like the more you can do benefits this team, right? Because we basically know the Patriots' offense. They're run heavy, they're going to use some play action, and they like to implore yeah. trick plays. So why not use more of this to have the teams have to game plan for that and give yourself more options when you get into situations later on in the games. I just feel like it gives you more ability to do different things for the opposition to prepare for, and they really didn't dig into it this year. Maybe they will next year, Kevin. Maybe they'll look back and say, hey, maybe we've got to use some of this next season, but they didn't do it this year, which is kind of maybe they felt like, okay, year one, we get Mac used to our offense, and then we use some of his things. But I feel like this would be the year that you'd use more RPOs than anything else because he's a rookie. I 100% agree with you. And I hope the guy that called earlier and they surprised us Saturday and they do it a lot, but they're not going to. Yeah, I'm with uh, you. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? They just come out. First of all, they defer because you don't want the defense on right. the first series, right? Because the defense sucks to no. begin the game. So you say, all right, we'll defer. No, I, I, Mac Jones comes out. It's RPO heavy. And the Patriots go right yeah. down the field and McDermott's all pissing right on the sideline. That would be great. Uh, I just got one more thing. I, I, I don't think it would be a – I mean, I will be disappointed. I don't think it'll be a disappointing year, but for for Max progression, I think the RPO would be huge, and I I really believe that he could be a he can without a doubt be a, a top fifteen quarterback in the NFL. It's, it's, it's Upper no half of the league, it. yeah. I think I th- I think he's shown yeah. enough, Kevin. Yeah. Where I appreciate the call, man. I think he's shown enough where you can believe. Okay, he can get to that top fifteen level. Top ten ish? Well, I'm not so sure. But can he get to that top fifteen level? I think he's shown enough to get to that level. Now there's still progress that needs to be made. But one of the things I think we would all agree with, as it pertains to Mac, even if some of you are down on Mac right now. I think one of the things that you would have to agree on is Mac is good when he makes quick decisions. And he gets the ball out quick. <laughs> That's why I keep coming back to the RPOs. You get the ball out quick. It's a quick decision. Mac's really good at making quick decisions. Give him more ability to make quick decisions. Let's get to Bob. He's in Maine. Bob, what's up, man? Hi. I was getting. I was just going to answer your question why I think Belichick doesn't take Mac and put him in the RPO because I don't think Mac is his strength is not a dynamic runner. But so in the RPO game, Bob, the, he doesn't. He doesn't need to run. But at the same time, you need the illusion of the threat and that he – Mahomes is a gifted athlete. So Bob, when he Bob, goes back no, 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 Bob, Bob, Bob. Nobody is worried about Mahomes in the RPO game running. Nobody thinks he's going to run. It's either he's going to hand the ball off to the running back or he's going to throw it quickly over the middle. That's what he's doing. It's not about him running himself. It's about him either handing it off to the running back or throwing the ball quickly. Yeah, but the strength of Max – being a quarterback is his quick decision making. To right, the, so that would be the, the quickest decision, Bob. Bob, that would be the quickest decision. Do I keep it in the running back's belly and give it to him, or do I pull it out and throw it quickly? That would enhance his I don't, strength. 
I think the way they have him protected as far as with the offensive line out front, there is no way they would they would do that sort of thing. They want it set up so either the pocket develops around Mac or there's a quick slam out through the line with a running back. Well, the uh, would uh, not work out with the, the why? players. Why? He can throw he, he well, did would, this, he did this his whole college career. Twenty percent of the time last year, his passing attempts came out of RPOs. Why can't he do it in the NFL? All these other guys are doing it. Why can't he? Because I think Belichick is set in the fact that he's basically he wants a dynamic gunslinging quarterback, and he wants Mac to develop in that. Wait, hold on. So you th- not gonna- hold on, hold on, Bob. You think Bill yep. Belichick wants a dynamic gunslinging quarterback? Yes, that can take it down. I mean, not, not the long ball. Bob, you realize that Bill Belichick does not want a gunslinger, right? He says you got to lose. The, he he says you got to learn how to not lose before you can win. The opposite of what Bill wants is a gunslinger. Right. Okay. Gunslinger is the wrong term. He wants a dink and dunk quarterback, basically like Brady in his infancy. That's basically what they developed with Mac. They don't want to run the RPO because it's complicated. It's he, not complicated, it's Bob. Every college runs it. How could it be complicated? Every college team runs it. Okay. He's not having a he didn't high school team. But look, against... I appreciate the call, but we're we're going in a totally different direction here. My okay? high school team ran an RPO. Okay, yeah, Justin's high school team. Every high school runs it now. I mean, well, what are we talking about? It's not a complicated offense at all. That's the part of the reason I bring it up. It make life easier for Mac. All right, six one seven 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 nine. 7937 is a number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So a lot more to get into. If you want to weigh in on this Patriots stuff, we're going to hit this throughout the night. We're going to continue to do it. So if the Patriots lose on Saturday, would you deem the season, based on the way it ended, to be a disappointment? Would you be questioning where this team's going long-term after losing four of five? And if you think they're going to win, certainly you can tell me why you think they're going to win as well. And are you disappointed with the way that Josh McDaniels had called games this season and the Patriots' offensive system in general plus... We'll get into the beef between Kendrick Perkins and Jason Tatum. I'm on Tatum's side. I'll tell you why in just a little bit here on WEI. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.